football's over and it's it's a sad time. But before I go into complete and utter sadness that I have nothing to watch on Sundays, like I got to be hopeful for a couple of things. The XFL's coming. Um, the Vegas Vipers. I'm looking forward to watching a couple of their games and seeing like all these players that you know a, a couple of players in the XFL have panned out in the NFL. And I think with the right financial backing, which I think the XFL has now, you can possibly see competitive football being played year round. I love that they start the season in the spring, goes into the summer, which leads into summer football camps, then fall camp, you know, and, and before you know it, ladies and gentlemen, we're back. Okay. So don't be sad for too long. We got plenty of content coming out. Like I said in a previous video, I'm going to be doing more deep dive videos, getting really, really analytical with what these teams, especially uh, like my Saints, what we should be doing this upcoming season. And if you subscribe to the channel, you'll be able to see all this stuff like on your homepage, right? So how else am I supposed to grow and make this show become grander than life without you guys hitting that subscribe button all that being said got a new engineer behind the decks today kyle say what's up what is up thank you for that uh kyle's uh only engineered a couple of shows here i don't think he's ever engineered one start to finish so i'm yeah. I'm, I'm happy to be your first yeah great i love it i love it um he plays ca uh classical guitar so maybe um in some of my videos later on down the road Kyle you maybe you can play like some riffs yeah if well, I'm, uh, some background, background yeah, music. yeah absolutely <laughs> all right um okay ladies and gentlemen we want to cover the thing that everybody watched this past Sunday and get George's thoughts on the way I thought that this game played out so I was a Chiefs ride or die hard I said this on my first show and I'll insert this clip right here and we're back. I told you, it's as simple as coaching, okay? Coaching is the difference maker when both teams are even and both teams work as hard. Andy Reid just simply outclassed, but it's not just Andy Reid. It's Eric Bieniemy and it's Steve Spagnuolo. They're like the perfect trio together. They love working with each other, and it's very evident in the fact that they are so detailed in the way that they game planned for the Eagles. Now, the Eagles head coach or the Eagles offensive coordinator, um, uh, he used to be the quarterback at UNLV. He just got the head coaching job for the Colts, which if I'm like the Colts now, I'm a little worried. Okay, the Colts are not set up like the Eagles. And now they got this guy coming in as the head coach. I think... The number one reason why this dude's coming in as a head coach is because he looks like a rocker. And Jim Ursay, just so you know, Kyle, I don't know if you know who Jim Ursay is. Um, you should give him a little goog later. Uh, he's got an extensive guitar collection. Like, oh, I've heard a lot of stories about this man. And so he's so rich, and he owns the Colts. And he what he does with these coaches is he has, like, these 12-hour interviews. And in these 12-hour interviews, he, like look at this guitar, man. I got Jimi Hendrix to sign this one, dude. So the coach that they hired looks like a guy that would like fucking go along with the, I'm really interested. You know, like after like the 15th guitar, you're just like, is there another one? You know, you're kind of over it. I don't know. That's how I would feel. You'd probably feel differently, Kyle. Mm -hmm. Most definitely feel differently. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, he looks like he fits the part, but that's, 
that's the the main thing that I wanted to highlight early on is that it was extremely evident on the defensive side of the ball for me. Steve Spagnola all night long was sending seven people in the box. Who said this? I'm going to insert the clip that I made before the fucking Super Bowl happened right here again. And we're back. A seven-man box to stop the Eagles' run game. Now, what happened was they were running early on. The, the pressures were getting to Jalen Hurts, but they were losing contain. Um, and what you saw in the second half was a more concerted effort on like really concealing the field right down to the middle. And they were uh, doing exactly what I thought they would do. And it was just a bend, don't break defense, right? Um, let's go into how the bend, don't break defense played right into what the Chiefs wanted. The Eagles all game long were sitting on the ball, okay? They crushed time of possession. I don't even want to look at the time of possession stat because I saw it in like the first half and it was already like 16 minutes to seven minutes or six minutes, all right, that the Eagles had the ball over the Chiefs. You can't sit on the ball when you have that high powered of an offense. Now, what I think was going through Nick Sirianni's head is like, hey, the longer I could keep Patrick Mahomes off the field, the better. But at the same time, it's like, the Chiefs' entire game plan was set up to, okay, we're going to go tip for tat, tip for tat, tip for tat, right? We're, we're willing to score at a rapid rate, and that's why a lot of their play calls for the Chiefs, man, they were just like the run game sliced up the, the Eagles' defense, but at the same time, it was just so many open receivers, whether it was people are saying the field was fucked up, um, they spent – two years making this field for the Super Bowl at a local sod farm outside of Arizona and everybody was slipping. They were changing their cleats. It was not a good look for like the sod farmers of the world. Uh, I mean, I would assume that's already a dying breed as it is. I don't know how you would have a sod farm in a place that's 110 degrees. It has to be kept indoors, most definitely. Right? I don't even, yeah. No, it just blows my mind. Um, but beyond that, the Eagles sat on the ball. And when the Eagles sat on the ball and they're going third and one quarterback sneak, two yards, cloud of dust, 40 seconds goes off the clock twice. So think about it. Almost a minute and a half would go off the clock when the Eagles would run a quarterback sneak on third down, get set up for their play on first down. You're talking about like a full minute coming off the clock for a play that got you two fucking yards, okay? When your offense, though, was flowing, the Eagles' offense had that punching capability. I think, though, it was just, it was too conservative to a fault, right? It's like, obviously, we know it's going to work, bro. You have this flying V wedge formation that is guaranteeing you two yards. It's literally unstoppable. You've gotten it. I think the end of the year stat for them was probably 36 times that they got it out of 40. So they only didn't get two yards on that play four times. Effective, right? I don't blame you. But does that fucking put points on the board? It doesn't. And although, right, they punched in touchdowns when they needed to, they, uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes was not on the field for too long, and 
for a person that had a high ankle sprain and that got rolled up on before halftime, you know, you figure you want him to not like crush you guys by making big play after big play after big play. And he did that. They moved the ball down the field so quick that it really didn't give the Eagles an opportunity to possibly re-injure that ankle or put at least a little more pressure and stress on that ankle. They helped him out. I mean, Patrick Mahomes was big chilling like on a majority of the time on the sideline of this game. All that being said, um, the holding call. It was a holding. It was a holding. We got to stop with the whole cry baby shit about the refs. It was a holding call. At least they, the even the corner admitted it. First off, everybody does this in the league. You've seen it all throughout the year. How else are you supposed to stop somebody that runs a 4-4-40 who's cutting on a dime and his entire job is to get away from you? You grab him. You hold. You do the things that are illegal. And if you don't get caught, then, you know, you go as a Hall of Famer. If you get caught a lot, and you end up homeless or bagging groceries. That's the NFL, all right? That's it, uh, You got to do what you got to do. It's a dog-eat-dog dog world. He held in a big moment. But let me tell you something. I don't think Jalen Hurts leads that team down with one timeout to kick a field goal. I think that Chiefs defense had it dialed the fuck in in that fourth quarter, and they were getting so much pressure on Jalen Hurts that was causing him, I mean, like, we saw numerous times where Jalen Hurts would roll out, feel the pressure coming on either side, and he would end up scrambling like 15 yards in the backfield. After giving the ball all he's got on the run, the ball would go like 30 yards. And that's it. That was that was it. The defense for the Chiefs uh, was superior. They made the huge – oh, I mean, it was Jalen Hurts that made a mistake – do you think Jalen Hurts would have won Super Bowl MVP after giving up a fumble six? I think, and I know he had tied for the most rushing touchdowns, um, you know, in Super Bowl history. I think uh, here's a stat that I need to look up now, and I thought of yesterday. Does Jalen Hurts also go down for the most accounted points in Super Bowl history. Because if Jalen Hurts, he scores three touchdowns, that's 18 points. But then he also fumbled it, gave it to the other team they scored. If he doesn't fumble it, they don't get the points. So he really scored 24 points. Six of them were for the other team. Is that the most points ever scored by an individual? Or like, uh, you know, accounted for touchdowns by any individual in Super Bowl history? We'll find out. I'm going to do a little searching. We'll make a clip of that. Um, <clears throat> it comes down to uh, that last play, too. I'm, I cannot understand why these coaches don't have a more creative way of ending these games with laterals or like a screenplay that is somewhat effective um, with a lot of tossing. Like that Hail Mary, to see it false, like, 10 yards short was it was a crappy way to end it because you at least want to see a ball tip in the air maybe you do like a volleyball play I actually like that where you throw it to a receiver in the middle of the field and that receiver all he does is he like volleyball hits it behind him and everybody as everyone's coming and rushing like oh he's gonna catch it he hits it right behind his head I'm on to something I, d I don't know if it's a penalty 
would that be considered as like a as a forward pass? You'd have to really make it look like a mistake. Like, oh, I missed it. I missed it. Uh, that could work. They're not getting creative enough, though, at the end of these games. And it just kind of it ended with the Super Bowl ended with a fizzle. It, it was a field goal. And then it was just like, a, oh, is anything going to happen? Nothing happened. I wanted to see something happen. It was such a good game back and forth up until the very end. And I think the team that uh, deserved to win won the game. Uh, Andy Reid with his third ring. Patrick Mahomes with his second. Uh, Travis Kelsey in him are Brady and Gronk, and then the debate's got to be had. Is Brady and Gronk a better combination than Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady? At this moment in time, you have to see the way it plays out for each team. Gronk was a better run blocker than Kelsey is, but Kelsey's a 10 times better route runner than Gronk is. Huh. I still think Brady and Gronk currently are the better of the two duos. I think with one more playoff hoorah, I think Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes with an iconic like six touchdowns in the postseason next year could, that would solidify it for me. Like I need a little more um, touchdown production, like overload touchdown production. Cause I remember there's so many Super Bowl memories of Gronk in my head. And I just need to have that same amount of memories that are just like re live rent free uh, with Patrick Mahomes and Kelsey. So currently, Tom Brady and Gronk are a better duo than Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. Done. Last thing I'm going to go over the Super Bowl odds for next year. Um, the Chiefs, right now, according to BetMGM, coming in at plus 600. Then we got the Bengals at plus 850, the Eagles at plus 900. Sam Fran at plus 900. The Bills at plus 900. The Cowboys at 14 to 1. I'll post a screenshot of this um, so that that way you guys can see what I'm seeing here from BetMGM. But, I mean, there's a couple of teams that jump out at me right off rip that I'm like, I could see a little bit of value. Uh, one team in particular, I'm back on the Broncos. I'm back on them. Buck them. Right, that is what Sean Payton's new motto is going into this new season. Sean Payton, I miss you so much. You were the best coach the Saints have ever had, and we regret ever like you know not making you happy. I know Drew Brees was ending like were you just not feeling the same way about Jameis Winston? Neither here nor there. You find love in Russell Wilson and. I I myself had fallen out of love with Russell Wilson. There's been a lot of things. I made a, a a clip talking about Russell Wilson only spending 27 cents to a dollar for his charity. Um, only 27 cents went to charitable donations. The other 70 cents uh, went to his friends or people working for the charity. Kind of fucked up. Kind of fucked up. I mean, all charities do it to a certain extent. 27 cents to a dollar though was uh I don't know. It's a little tough to swallow. There was a there was a couple of people in the comments coming after me saying like so what? So what? Did you donate to charity last year? I'm like, "Well, what I did do is I gave a homeless man a dollar." And Russell Wilson would have given that homeless man a quarter. <laughs> gave 75 cents to his wife, okay? That's the only thing 
that I'm going to put out there. I just relay the information that's already written for me. Um, that being said, I'm on the Bucks or the, the Broncos, okay? 40 to 1 odds. They do have to get through Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Uh, but I think Sean Payton is such an offensive genius that it's at least going to give the Chiefs fits. I think uh, they pull out a wild card spot. And I think it could just be an attractive way to get this number um, early on here. I think early in the season, if they start having success, you see that number jump to 20 to 1. And then if they make the playoffs, then obviously you know what kind of odds you're going to be getting there, 10 to 1, possibly. So 40 to 1 right off the rip. Is it worth like, hey, $20 and a hope, right? Maybe you have dreams of the John Elway days. Uh, it could happen. My Saints... I did not like where they put my Saints on this as far as the odds go. 30 to 1. I do think the Saints should be 50 to 1. We have such a, a conundrum coming up. But I, like I said previously, make sure you subscribe to the page. I'm going to be doing a deep dive on what the Saints should do with their salary cap for this upcoming season so we can possibly win the Super Bowl. But, man, we're in a hole. We owe $60 million right now. So, like, we have to figure out $60 million, where to put it, before this next season happens. We have to bring in new people. We have to get rid of people. So many moves have to be made. So many tough decisions. But that's why I'm going to be the GM for that YouTube video and tell you exactly what we need to do to get back to the promised land. All right. That was it for me today, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to be coming back with uh, some... XFL odds, previews, and predictions, teams and players to watch out for. So you can, you know, if you ever see it on TV, you can impress somebody with like, oh, hey, uh, this one dude, he went to this college and he had this many stats and uh, you know, the, this team's looking at blah, 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 blah. XFL content, college football uh, is in the spring ball type of stirring pot right now. Lots of recruiting, National Signing Day happened. The NFL draft right around the corner. You're going to want to stick around for that NFL draft content. I'm thinking about if I can. Yesterday, I met Peyton Barber, who is a running back for the uh, Raiders out here. And me and him had a good conversation. He was on the, the American Fan, which is another amazing sports show that covers all sports, not just football. They had this dude on, and he had an amazing story about how he left college early because his mom was homeless, and he needed to make money. And... He ended up making all those things come true. He's played in the NFL for like seven years. He's currently a free agent, Saints. He's currently a free agent, and he's he's looking healthy. And I think if he possibly ran the rock, gave Alvin Kamara some help, we get rid of Mark Ingram. We got to be get we got to get rid of Mark Ingram. But uh, can I have him on the show to kind of talk about his whole NFL combine process? And uh, what's going on in those players' minds as they are literally on the most difficult interview on the planet, uh, being in a tight spandex and having to perform football acts in front of lots of old white men with clipboards. That is the toughest interview. Uh, next to like bikini server cocktail waitresses in Vegas. Probably like a second. Um, but anyways, the way we're going to end this, Kyle, you're going to start running this music now. Then we'll cross dissolve into my logo. Ladies and gentlemen, follow Gridiron Junkies everywhere. I'm Mr. George Carmona. Have a great one. Go Vegas Vipers, baby.